good Sunday morning. City Gate Church and Pastor Howie Cantrell welcome you to this week's broadcast. We encourage you to tune in each Sunday morning at 7.30 right here on 100.7 WHIN. Or visit us in person at 734 Red River Road in Gallatin, Tennessee. Services start at 945. And now, Pastor Howie Cantrell. Well, good morning, everybody. So glad to see you all this morning. We're going to be getting into Revelation. We're going to be looking at chapter 19. We're on week 30 this week. And... uh, This morning when Danny asked me to stand in for Daryl, I was happy when Jeff said he was going to do it. (laughs) He he would have had about as much practice as I had this morning. I love that song, We Exalt Thee. It's so easy for us to, to get caught up in and what we've got going on in our world and what we've got going on in our lives. But <clears throat> it's so befitting that we did this song today because we're going to be looking at heaven exalts over Babylon. One of the most powerful things that we can do is to praise God. Amen. And to worship God. And I could hear Chris Hauser singing this morning. And I heard that, that bass note that he was hitting, and it just, it just, it moved me. I thank you for that, Chris. It's so easy sometimes for us to, to get caught up in what's going on in the things of the day, what's going on in our lives, and forget to exalt God. I was out in the foyer this morning and Ken and Gene were sitting out front and they were talking and I was coming and going in and out of their conversation. And Gene said something. She said, Jesus prayed every day. Don't you think we should? I thought that was a very powerful statement and I thank God for Gene. I thank her. I thank him for letting her say those kinds of things at just the right times so that we can hear it and we can know it. We wanted to be remembering also that uh, Megan, I want to say little Megan, but I know I'm going to get in trouble if I do that, so I'm going to say Megan Miller. She she hurt herself yesterday, and she had to have eight stitches. And uh, we want to remember the Miller family too this morning. As we get into this today, and we start looking at what's going on. We've got a lot to cover in a little bit of time. But I want you to, to strap in and hold on and grab the chair in front of you if you need to. And let's get after this this morning. Let's look at what the word declares. Verse 1. After these things, I heard a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven saying, Alleluia, salvation and glory and honor and power belong to the Lord our God. Now, this morning, I felt like we were just singing those praises, that worship. I can just imagine the room that this, of this size with as few people as we have here today. If you could imagine what heaven would sound like reverberating with those sounds. One of the greatest joys that I've had this day, this week, actually, 
was that I got to sing standing beside my wife that was signing. And we don't get to do that very often because Daryl's always in my way. But anyway, <laughs> I, I, I like him and, I, and that kind of stuff. But, you know, Daryl's, Daryl's <laughs> he's the mark today, right? Jeff, is that what we're saying? That, that's the $5 you gave me. To, okay, okay, I'm just making sure. It's going to cost me $10 worth, but uh, anyway. But it was just a wonderful thing to be standing beside my wife and have her sign. And as I, I was playing, I looked over at her and I saw her and it just made me smile. Because, you know, people think that because a person doesn't speak with their voice that they're not doing something. And I want to let you know something that, that this woman right here that stayed right here today, she is an inspired spirit-filled, spirit-led woman. And she's a mighty woman of God. And I love the fact that God gave me the woman that he gave me in my life because she is so amazing. And her talent is so amazing. She blesses me. She is truly anointed. Amen? And I love to watch her do what she does. Because you don't know her story, and I'm not going to tell her story. Because it's not my story to tell. But one of the things that my wife was when she was a child, it was she, told, she was told that she couldn't. Anybody relate to that? You can't, you'll never be, you're nothing, those kinds of things. Not by her mother, but by from somebody else. And God lit a fire in her one day and showed her that she could. And it totally transformed her and created a ministry. And I'm just grateful. I love you, baby, very much. She said, I love you, too. <laughs> Y'all couldn't see that, but I'm going to put it out there for you. Let's keep going. For true and righteous are his judgments. Because he has judged the great harlot who corrupted the earth with her fornication and has avenged on her the blood of his servants shed by her. Now, I want you to understand, there's a celebration going on because judgment has come on somebody. There were some people that were scared to death yesterday. I watched one of them sitting at a table who was scared to death that Tennessee was going to lose a ball game in the last 17 seconds. And they almost did. But they were so relieved and excited when they won. It was just so good. And you can imagine what the, the football stadium was like in Knoxville. But can you imagine this, because they won a game, can you imagine being relieved after so long of watching God allow something to happen for so long that when that judgment pours out, the shout that goes up from heaven, that we won. Not that it's, that it's like, but like more like finally. Anybody ever like watch those kind of shows, the, like the underdog you know, comes in like the, the, the kid that gets bullied and gets bullied, and then the guy just smashes his face. Yes, I love it. I don't know if y'all do or not, but anyway, I digress again. But I want you guys to see this piece right here as we go to this next part, because there's something very powerful here. And again, they said, hallelujah. Her smoke rises up forever and ever. Now, that smoke that comes out of the pits of hell is a, is a smoke that will always, for eternity, roll as a testament against. See, we need to understand how powerful our words are, how powerful our actions are, because they have a lasting ramification. We don't always see them, 
but they do last forever. Amen? Now listen to this. And the 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshiped God who sat on the throne saying, Amen. Hallelujah. Now I've talked to you before about this word, Amen. It is a, a technical term and it literally means so be it or make it happen or make it so. And so when they're saying amen, they're saying it's finished, it's done. But listen to this. Then a voice came from the throne saying, praise our God, all you, his servants, and those who fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a, mul a great multitude as the sound of many waters and as the sound of a mighty thunderings say, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. The Lord God omnipotent reigns. I went to, Becky and I went, took the kids to Niagara Falls. And it's like you're just driving, driving, there's no big deal. And all of a sudden there's this big hole in the ground with water coming at you like crazy. And the closer you get to it, the louder it gets. And it's not near as loud at the surface or on the ridge, whether you're on the state side or the Canadian side, but when you get in that boat, the maid of the mist, and it comes underneath, and you get near that, and I'm sitting here looking like, boys, y'all can get closer than that, can't you? Because I'm watching this boat, and it doesn't get real close to the fall, in my opinion, right? Because my opinion is what counts, just so you know. And when that thing starts going and I'm, I'm sitting there and as it gets close to that thing and that boat starts bouncing on the surface of that water, I'm thinking, boys, y'all need to make a hard left here. At first, I was looking at it thinking, get closer, get closer, get closer. But the closer it got, the more scary it became and it became so loud, it was almost deafening. It was so loud. And I can just imagine the voices in heaven when they're crying out and they're singing and they're praising God that it's so loud that no stadium has ever seen the praise that's going to go up for God on that day. Amen. The Bible says, let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory for the marriage of the lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. His wife has made herself ready. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saint. Now I want you to look at this very carefully, because we don't think that our actions are that much, because we talk about being under grace, and we talk about mercy and all these kinds of things, but we need to understand that we are the righteousness of God, amen? The word declares that we are, but I want you to understand that those bright linens, those fine linens, what they are, are the righteous acts of the saints. It's the things we got right. The mercy and grace are the things that we got wrong. But when we see this, these are the things that we got right, that we were able to accomplish through the power of the Holy Spirit. We are righteous. Don't forget that. We are a holy nation called apart, set apart. Don't forget who you are in Jesus Christ. Amen. Y'all help me preach today. There ain't enough of you in the room. Then he said to me, right, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true sayings of God. Listen. And I fell at his feet to worship him. 
And he said to me, see that you do not do that. I am your fellow servant and of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. Now, I want you to think about this. This is an angel that's talking to John. And it's so easy for somebody to have a word that comes to us or something that comes to us and we want to worship the messenger. But the angel is so quick to say, do not worship me. Now, I'm not going to be popular with celebrities and pastors who are in celebrity positions. But I'm going to tell you right now, a pastor is not to be worshipped. Amen. They do not hold celebrity status, although we try to put them in that place. If an angel that's in the presence of God says, hey, get up, don't worship me, then a man should never say, bow down and worship me. Not one that's supposed to be a godly man. Amen? Are you hearing what I'm saying today? We put too much stock in what men say about the book and not what God says about the book. Forget about all this other stuff, guys. I'm not saying that there's not people that have good insight. I'm not saying that there are people that don't have good commentaries, good information, good Bible studies, those kinds of things. But anything that you put plus Jesus is a lie. Jesus plus anything. Anything plus the Word of God. If you've got to have this or this church or this organization or this pastor or this bishop or this whatever, if you've got to have that plus Jesus, it's a lie. You're being deceived, and you need to wake up and understand that the only way to get to this marriage supper is by an invitation of the bridegroom or the lamb. No man is going to be able to invite you to this, only Jesus Christ himself, amen? I tell you this all the time because I do not want you to worship me. I do not want you to follow me. I want you to listen to what I'm saying Follow Jesus. I'm going to do the best I can to follow him. When I fall, if I make a mistake, if I hit the ground, somebody help me up. Because I need a brother. I need a sister. Somebody I can count on that's going to help me when I fall. Because guess what? I'm going to help you when you fall. We're in this together. This is not big eyes and little U's. This is us. This is the body. This is what we're called to be. Anyway, I'm just preaching this morning, y'all. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now we come to the one who we need to truly worship as we move into this, because this is one of my favorite parts of Revelation. This is where we see Jesus Christ on a white horse. I'm looking for that day. I'm looking for that day when he sits on that white horse because when he shows up on the white horse, it's a whole nother ball game, y'all. I'm using my southern vernacular. But we need to understand the relevance and the importance of what is going to happen here. Because when we see the four horsemen, there are five horsemen. Four of them are the apocalyptical horsemen. And that is not a white horse that he's on. It's a pale horse. Remember, we learned that. It's chloros. It's like a green-colored horse. It's death. That's named on that horse. But now when we look at this horse, it's going to be a white horse, and he that sets on him is the son of the living God. Amen? 
Now I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. Everybody wants to look at Jesus and they think about him as the little baby. They want to look at Jesus and they hang him on a cross and they keep him there. I'm sorry, I've got a problem with people having Jesus on the cross. My Jesus is not still on the cross. My Jesus came off the cross. He went to the pits of hell and he came out victorious over death, hell, and the grave. And he's sitting on the right hand of the Father. And my cross is empty today. It has not got an image of him on it. I'm sorry. That's how I feel about that. And the reason that I do is because we want to act like society, men, the church, universal, wants to act like that Jesus has not got the power that he is supposed to have. We want to put him in the, the baby spot. We want to talk about Christmas and him being born. And we want to talk about Easter and him being resurrected. But we don't want to talk about the Jesus of war. The Bible says that he came as a lamb. But when he comes back, he's coming back as a lion. And he's going to set things straight. Why is that? Because it says that he is faithful and true and righteous, and he judges and he makes war. If you don't believe it, look at this. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And a name was written that no one except himself, let me keep going, no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Now, I'm going to pause right here just for a second. So, what is his name here? The Word of God. Now, why is that important? Because there's so many people that believe. Now, we're in the last book of the Bible here, correct? So, so many people believe that Jesus was not present in Genesis. Because they think that it's just God and the Holy Spirit moves out. But in John 1 and 1, he explains this and declares this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. This lets us know that one spot right there that Jesus was present at the time of creation. This solidifies Old Testament, New Testament. We're from the first book to the last book, he's still present in the Word. Amen. Now listen, and the armies in heaven clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Watch this. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. Now, you, we've heard that, that, that part where the wine press of God's wrath, what you don't understand is who is making the wine, who is making the drink, who is pressing the grapes of the wrath of God. It's the Son of God that's doing it. He's being obedient, and as he squeezes those grapes, as he steps on those grapes, and the wrath comes out of it, it is not by accident, it is intentional. God will pay his bill. And if you owe God, you will pay your bill. Amen? Amen. The Bible says that God is just, and he will by no means 
pardon the guilty. But God is also merciful. And he's been merciful up to this point. He's given them every opportunity to turn around, not accept the mark. He's given them every opportunity through eons of time. He has said, this is my son. Listen to him. Follow him. Accept the gift of salvation. And all these people have ignored it and ignored it and ignored it. And now it's time to pay. And pay they will. Listen to what it goes on to say. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Now you understand that it's at this point in time that Jesus has prepared for battle. He has not gone into battle yet, but he has prepared for battle. And as John is looking on him, as he sees him, what does he see? He sees eyes of fire and this sword in his mouth and he sees him on a white horse and he sees him preparing for battle not only is he preparing for battle but all of his soldiers are preparing for battle guess who his soldiers are the redeemed of the lord the bible says let the redeemed of the lord say so if we have accepted christ and we belong to him we are going to be clothed in white robes of righteousness we are going to be on white horses as well, and we are going to go with him, and we are going to defeat the enemies of God. Amen? We move into the next section. And the beast and his armies defeated. And the beast and his armies defeated. Now, I want you to look at this real careful. Watch this. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun. And he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the birds that fly in the midst of heaven, come and gather together for the supper of the great God. Now, God is even calling the fowls of the air to come to dinner. But watch what dinner is. That you may eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses, and those who sit on them, and the flesh of all people, free and slave, both small and great. Both small and great. you got to understand there's going to be massive carnage. The dead that's going to be there, we already know the blood's going to flow as deep as a horse's bridle. But an angel of the Lord calls all the, the fowls of the air, come on, I got you a dinner. And I saw the beast, the kings of the earth, and their armies gathered together to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his army. So now we have this, this epitome of good versus evil. We see that God's army, Satan's army, the army of the beast, they're all come together now and it's time to fight. But I want you to see what happens here. This is very important. Then the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet, who worked signs in his presence, <clears throat> by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. All of a sudden we see something. Look, these two were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. This was not one of those kind of things, so we're going to put you on trial. 
Judgment was already set for them. It had already been declared. And when they were captured, they were immediately thrown into the fire. There wasn't anything to talk about. You see, people think that God is slow. And he is in our eyes. He moves slow in our eyes. Because he doesn't move at microwave speed as we perceive. But you need to understand that he has been directing the paths of millions and millions and millions since the beginning of time, since Adam. The Bible says that he directs our paths. And when he sets these things up, these judgments have already been declared. He's going to do what he said he's going to do. And when these two are captured, they're not played with. There's no games. Let's talk about it. Maybe we can pray the devil, you know, back into salvation and back into right standing. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Immediately, they're thrown into the fire. Now watch what happens. And the rest were killed with the sword which proceeded from the mouth of him who sat on the horse. And all the birds were filled with their flesh. All of the birds were filled with their flesh. It's so hard sometimes for us to understand how critical everything is in the Word. Now, I've gone this, through this at, at somewhat of a breakneck speed. But you need to understand that the end game is that Satan loses and we win. You need to hold on to the fact that we do not lose as Christians. It looks like we're being defeated in our, in our world today. It looks like we're being backed down and we're being pushed down. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but the entire United States is in this massive heat wave. Anybody looked at that? Anybody seen anything about that? Anybody look at the lakes that are around that has the waters going down and receding? Get in a global map and, and come off and go over to Egypt in that area and you'll see a little green dot in all the brown. It's the land of Goshen. It's still being blessed because the presence of God's children was there. Do the same thing now today and come to the United States and look at the southern area of the United States. Everything around it is starting to brown. Everything around it is starting to die. Why do you think that there is such an influx to come to this area of the United States? We talk about it all the time. This is called the Bible Belt. Where we sit, we sit right in the buckle of the Bible Belt. And I want you to understand something. There is still a blessing on this land because we believe as Christians that this land was given to us by God as a gift to worship him freely. Amen. You can believe what you want, you can think what you want, but it's the only country in the world that was established on the name of God and the freedom of religion. The freedom to worship our God and to praise our God, to stand here and sing, we exalt thee and not have to worry about commandos running in the back door and shooting everybody for praising and worshiping. But we take this freedom so for granted because it's never changed. Folks, if you can't look around and see that it has changed, I can't help you. It has changed. 
Our world has changed. Our climate has changed. The attitude against Christians has changed. People want to destroy the name of Jesus. They're trying to destroy the one thing that can save them. And it's our job as Christians to stand up and not be ashamed of the gospel. Amen? It's so easy to get caught up in religion and to beat people around the ears and the head with a Bible bat. I was beat with one as a child. Everything you say, everything you do, every action, every everything is going to send you to hell. No joy. Jeff said it this morning. Our relationship with God is supposed to be a relationship of joy. In Deuteronomy, I bring this up all the time because the word says this, because you did not serve me with joy and gladness of heart. And the curses that are in that chapter are unbelievable because of not serving God with joy and gladness. When we look at Revelation, it looks so finite. It looks so finished. It looks so done. God bless you. You've been listening to Pastor Howie Cantrell with CityGate Church, located at 734 Red River Road, Gallatin, Tennessee. Please visit us in person for Sunday worship at 945. You may also see our live broadcast on Facebook and YouTube. From everyone at CityGate, have a blessed week.